Unless you want to, it's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 435 now of the Ron and Don Show, and yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, let's talk about the passing of Olivia Newton-John. I actually met her one time, I'll tell you what's going to happen. She was so sweet and kind, and I actually got to do something with her. So, I'm going to tell you about that coming up. Also, you've probably heard heard about this four cereals are now storming back from our childhood and my question to you my question to ron is if you could bring something back from your childhood whether it be a toy whether it be a food a cereal whatever it is what would it be before we get to that though let's get to this and i want to talk about this in a way that's not so polarizing you guys because i think uh i think a lot of us have made up our minds about where we're at when it comes to Uh, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, in this election cycle. And what I don't want to have happen, for instance, and I always monitor, uh, and I could tell, because when my cousin Jimmy gets up in arms about FBI raids and things that are happening at Mar-a-Lago, and he starts writing stuff on my Facebook page, and it it reminds me of the last election cycle, and and I'm not going there this time. I'm I'm just not. I don't know about you, but I am staying out of the weeds, because that's where politicians want us to go. And they want us to be divided. And they want us to fight it out. Because uh, when we're divided and we fight it out, it gives them purpose. Uh, and a lot of times, I think what we find out, the more times we actually spend with each other, the more time I spend with my cousin Jimmy. Uh, I was talking to him uh, the other day because my aunt just passed away, his mom. Uh, we have a lot more in common than politicians want us to have, right? So at the end of the day, he's my blood cousin. I love him. And he just happens to be wrong. So any anyway. <laughs> I don't know how we could get here. I don't know how we could get here, but but here's my concern. Because a lot of people talk about Joe Biden and they talk about the fact that he is going to run again if Donald Trump is going to run again. If Donald Trump doesn't run, then he may not run. He feels like, and what he was told internally is that the reason they needed him to run, and I don't think we're dealing with a speech impediment there. I'm th- I think we're dealing with a, with a gentleman that had a stroke and never fully recovered from that. Are you talking about Joe Biden? Yeah, and I think that's what, because he did have a stroke. Uh, and, and if you go back and you look at him in the Senate and the speeches that he would make, his speech impediment, you guys, was not a problem. So I know we go back to that a lot and we say, well, when he was young and then he's been through a lot of tragedy with the dying of his wife and uh, the passing of his son. So a lot of things have been going on there. I, I'm just wondering politically if we could just all agree, because if you think about it, if you're if you're a Republican and maybe you're not a super Trump Republican, but you're a Republican Republican, don't you want the White House for eight years and not four? And I'll answer that for you. I say yes. So if Trump gets in, I think to make America great, because he didn't do it the first time and he only had four years, and evidently it's not great because he's still wearing that golf hat, I think you need eight years maybe to make America great. And he's not going to be allowed that. He, he wouldn't be allowed that because it's uh, of term limits. 
Uh, if there weren't any term limits, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan would have probably lasted 20 years. Who knows? Or, or at least until his dementia was over and he passed away. So, so my concern is this. Can we get to the point, because the rest of the world is watching, we're on both sides of the aisle. Hell, you're not allowed to fly an airplane, I think, as an Alaska pilot. Is it at 62 or 65? It's in your 60s, right? Yeah, early 60s. Should you be flying uh, the most, I don't, I don't want to say the most important nation in the world, because there's a lot of nationalism in that, but when it comes to the world's security and the world's economy, uh, in some ways, you guys, we are still it. We are very, very important to the world's economy. And we are very, very important if we're going to have this upcoming recession and how we're going to get through it. And also, when you go back and you look at what happened in 2009 and 2010, it was really the, the levers that the United States was pushing uh, that made a big difference worldwide. And it, and it still is, even though that China and their economy seems to be roaring after us, they're, they're still not there, right? And when it comes to the Navy, uh, we still have the biggest, most powerful Navy in the world, you guys. We just do. So my question is this. Can we all just agree? Can we go out and find a couple candidates that are maybe under the age of 65 that would maybe be uh, men and women? Maybe they would be reflective of the way America looks and not the way the Senate looks, Maybe more the way the House of Representatives looks, because I think the House of Representatives, when you look at pictures, probably looks the way that America looks a lot more than just old white guys in the Senate. I, I'm really at a point where I feel like Donald Trump has to run. He, he politically and, and personally does not have a choice. He has to run, right? And I think if he runs and he wins and he does well in these polls— He's going to be able to say, like he is right now, the FBI raided, they planted stuff, this is all political. And to say that some of it's not political, like on the same week, you guys way on the left, you can sit here and go, well, Joe Biden didn't know anything about this. The FBI just happened to show up at Mar-a-Lago in the same week that he was getting deposed in New York. It would be really hard if you were on the right to believe that all those things happened in a vacuum. And if you understand politics... There's no way that they they those things happen in a vacuum. So, but the question then becomes, you know, now people are chanting to lock him up and lock him up. I would love this. Don't lock him up, but also just make sure that Joe Biden is not going to run again. Let's get two different candidates. Let's say goodbye to Joe Biden. We appreciate your service to the, this country. We'll say goodbye to Donald Trump, even though he won't let us say goodbye. And as a nation, we kind of move on here because all the division that's ahead of us, all of it, we don't need because it almost broke us the first time in the, la in, in the last cycle. And I think it surely could break us this time. And I'm committed. I am committed to just staying out of it. What say you? Well, I, I think to me, the, the fascinating thing on this, uh, and, and by what I mean by this is the, the situation going on with the FBI raid and then also the taking the fifth in New York, is, is my wish for the country is that we, as individuals, go, how can I better interpret world events? How can I better look at what my own biases are? How can I look at a storyline or look at something that's happening and determine what is true and what is spin? And you brought up politics. Of course, there's a political overlay to a lot of things. But at the same time, um, it's fascinating to me when you watch people talk and they need they have a felt need to create this 
unbelievable storyline for something to make sense and to fit into their worldview. So let's take the the raid, uh, the FBI search warrant in Mar-a-Lago. What is more plausible that a federal judge looked at at a request for a a search warrant, looked at the evidence in that request and granted the request, or that there's like a, a deep state conspiracy that involves all of these underlying things that are highly improbable uh then and there's political string pulling back and forth on all these different levels like so like there's this theory called the occam's razor theory the thing that is most likely true is most of the time true so you know if someone uh you know gets in an automobile accident and had been drinking before the most likely answer is that they were drunk driving there's not this, uh, most likely, it's not some big thing. Oh, someone spiked his drink, and then a guy was a high-speed chase, and a helicopter came down, and someone cut him off and wanted him to crash, and there's a vendetta. Like, most likely, he just was drunk driving, and then he got into a wreck. And so the thing that I'm hoping for as we move into a new election cycle is for people to go, okay, I have my own biases, I have my own agenda. I have my own way of looking at the world. There's going to be a lot of information coming my way. How do I parse out what is true and what is not true? And then what are my beliefs? Like, what do I want to vote for someone who consistently breaks the law and consistently doesn't tell the truth? Uh, or do I want to find some other candidate that's more in line with my actual values? And so regardless of who's doing the spin, what are facts? What is spin? What are my biases? And how can I interpret things uh, the, more closely to the truth than I did the last cycle? Yeah, and I think what's important, like I heard Joe Reed on a podcast the other day, and and they Larry King used to say, I'm an infotainer. And she said, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an opinion journalist, is what she said. I'm an opinion journalist. I don't know how much of a journalist she is anymore. It's just a lot of opinion and it's a lot of spin. And that's what we tune into. That's what we want. We want to find people that will say stuff that we don't know how to say. I write stuff all the, all the time that I put online and I, sometimes I spend months working on it and, and I'll put it online and, and someone will, will copy and paste it. And I'll often say, why are you copying and pasting? Why don't, why don't you write something yourself instead of copying and pasting what I wrote? Which, which most authors want their stuff copy and pasted. I really don't. I, and, and when somebody sends me, and I've shared this before, my cousin Jimmy does this. When someone sends me a link or a YouTube channel or this guy said this or you have to listen to this, it's, it's, it's like, no, I just want to listen to you. What do you, what do you have to say about it, right? Like, like the I'm not a lamb movement, that whole movement. I'm not a lamb. And what's really funny about, you know, no lamb, no sheep, the whole guy that invented that is uh, a guy similar to Alex Jones that kind of developed all these info wars. Do you know Alex Jones, even though he's about to lose $42 million to the Sandy Hook parents, and he'll probably lose some more, uh, he's worth a quarter of a billion dollars. And the way he became worth a quarter of a billion dollars is... He just started spinning fiction as facts and people heard that and it made sense to them. And they're like, you know what? I don't have to think for myself anymore. Alex Jones is doing that. So Alex Jones at the end of the day is still going to do very well here. He's not going to go to jail. He'll be spinning this stuff like he already is back on the radio because they won't be able to keep him off. 
and people will, will, will keep funding that with their dollars. So I would just encourage people, think for yourself. Stay away from all the opinion journalism. The best thing you can do is disconnect Fox, CNN, and NBC. Disconnect all of them, right? Read the news on your own. Try to find things that aren't columns of opinion. Try to find the facts and then make decisions and have discussions that way. That's how I think we get back to the center. I think that's how we get back to each other. And that's how I think we find candidates that aren't so damn extreme and mean. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron and Don here to talk about Les Schwab. They've been a long, long time partner with the Ron and Don Show, and they really do care about your safety. They take it very seriously. So at Les Schwab, they're happy to check your tires, your wheels, your alignment, batteries, brakes, and shocks, especially if you're going on a big road trip, you're going over one of the mountain passes, maybe you're driving down to California or something like that. Get this pre trip safety check. It's absolutely free. You can even schedule it online right now at leschwab.com. So if you need any work done, they will let you know. So go to leschwab.com, schedule that appointment, and then get things checked out. And if you do need new tires, right now you can save up to $200 when you buy four select tires with Les Schwab financing. That's Les Schwab Tires, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. Attorney Ann Fitzpatrick needed to move to Tacoma for family reasons and turned to Ron and Don for help. The market was tight, but Ann spotted what could be the perfect house. It was Thanksgiving Day, though, so she emailed the guys and told them, hey, don't worry about it until tomorrow. And of course, they ignored what I said about don't work on Thanksgiving. And we immediately got in with an inspector the very next morning, uh, you know, immediately started strategizing. Ron and Don told them there'd be plenty of competition and a fierce bidding war. So instead of waiting, they came up with a strategy to put on the full court press and make an early offer to convince the seller to go with Anne. We actually managed to scoop up this house before anybody else had a chance. So if you're looking to buy in such a tight market anywhere around the sound, you need a team on your side with deep expertise, creativity, and tireless dedication to their clients 24-7, even on holidays. And it all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down at ronanddonsitdown.com. Sign up for the nation news at ronanddonradio.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the to the Ron and Don Show. You just heard one of our very satisfied listeners who also are clients and our friends. And Ron, man, you were on a tear this week. You, how many offers did you write this week? You, you've written numerous offers, and, and here's the deal, you guys. He's not just writing off. He, we wrote a lot more offers this year than we're writing right now. The difference is these offers are actually getting accepted time and time again with this correction it's really good for buyers out there. it's very good for buyers i'm uh, in contract right now on a condo uh down in the south end a really great house over in uh, renton and right now it's we're, we're about to get accepted up in shoreline so if you have been thinking about buying it's really interesting when you start to do the math uh, and you talk about what the interest rate interest rates have actually fallen a little bit from when the, there was just that frenzy of interest rates going on. Uh, we have month to month inflation is flat. Uh, it's still high, but it's flat. It's not rising anymore. So that's really good news. And so the market is responding to that and the market controls what the interest rates are going to be. And when you look at your monthly payment, there are ways for us to get you 
into a monthly payment that is advantageous to you. Uh, there are mechanisms we can use in financing. You can buy down interest rates. Uh, there are seller credits on certain types of properties. And so th there, there are ways to do this right now that are really, really good for buyers. And then the other good news is you can refinance later. If the interest rates go down in a couple of years, you can refinance and save uh, quite a bit of money every single month. So I, I hope that people have got over sort of the panic of this. And I was looking back in 1981, uh, interest rates were 16%, above 16%. In the year 2000, I believe they were between 8 and 10%. And so historically, uh, in our lifetimes at least, we are still very low, even at 5%. Yeah, and it'll be uh, interesting to see if this looming recession is really a recession and it'll be interesting to see what happens with covid with people working from home and really what's going to happen not only with the world economy but with our economy here locally as we rely so much on tech and also on on service so anyway hey uh a couple of years ago uh, more than a couple of years ago wow more than a couple of years ago like 20 years ago uh one of my good friends christy invited me up to go to uh, Friday Harbor uh, for the 4th of July. If you've never been up to Friday Harbor here in Washington today during the 4th of July, it's a blast, you guys. And what you ha what happens is a lot of people bring their boats up there from Canada, A, and also from around Washington State. 6th of July, it's a horrible place to be. Yeah, and then uh, everybody docks their boats. They tie off. Uh, and there are people that just go up there and camp, too, or they just stay on the island. They go over on a ferry. And everybody gets together, and they have a huge 4th of July celebration. So I was up there, as I said, a number of years ago. And it's right when Olivia Newton-John, if you remember this, she was married. And her husband disappeared in the Pacific Ocean. And a lot of people think he disappeared on purpose and that he is living somewhere down in Mexico or Central America uh, because there was possibly some financial issues and maybe some tax issues that were going on there. Uh, and she was actually living up in that area of Washington State. That was where uh, one of her homes, uh, that's where she spent some time. I wonder if she hung out with the professor, because a uh, professor from Gilligan's Island uh, also lived out on the islands as well. I think over that might have been over in Bremerton. So anyway, you can write me, Don, at ronadon.com and set me straight on that, because you probably know. So anyway, anyway they, they were having this dance. And everybody was dancing. And I think everybody was so intimidated to ask Olivia Newton-John to dance. And I have to say, I was a little intimidated too. To go up and, and you see the way that she danced during Greece. You see the way that she could sing. I've learned now, and I didn't, I, I didn't remember this, you guys, that she sold over 100 million records. I had no clue when I've looked out on Facebook posts, especially all the young women that she connected with. I thought it was just us guys that saw her in Greece and, and we had a crush on her when we were 9 or 10 or 11 or 12 years old, whatever that is. But no, so many of my friends that are female have written some really beautiful, incredible tributes to her. In fact, I had one, one of my friends who's a local police officer here. She went with some of her friends yesterday. They put on their Xanadu shirts and they grabbed some roller skates and they went to a roller skate night where they were honoring Olivia Newton-John. So I just didn't realize the amount of people and especially the amount of women that loved her. And uh, she passed away at the age of 74. She got breast cancer around the same time that my mother did. It's one of the reasons I've always kind of followed her career. 
and I believe it was breast cancer ultimately that spread to her spine and took her life. But for the last 25 years, I mean, she has really fought, really fought for women uh, and really fought for families. And I have so much great love and respect for her. And when I went over, I finally got the courage to, to ask to dance with her because I'm I certainly... I don't dance like uh, John Travolta. I could just tell you. Is like this a, a slow dance or a fast dance? What's that? Is it a slow dance? Like you're going to put your hands on her shoulders and her hands are on no, your shoulders? No, no, no. Yeah, it was kind of it was, it was kind of a fast dance. And as soon as she came out on the dance floor, you know what song they turned on. So we were out there. BGS was playing, and then it just kind of exploded. It was a lot of fun. She was great, and actually a very, very good dancer. And she just livened up that room. And you know her heart had to be broken because at that point, the news of her husband missing uh, was, was new news. Anyway, later on in life, she'd get remarried. And then it was her son the other day that announced the passing of Olivia Newton-John. I had no clue uh, that the girls loved her as much as the boys. I have a very vivid memory of uh, when I was a kid the entire neighborhood, we decided we were going to do a choreographed number to You Light Up My Life. What? My, my sister, of course, uh, demanded. Who would do a, a choreographed number to You Light Up My Life? I would, I would, I would understand like one of the, the cool Did, Grease songs. You but- Light Up My Life was a gigantic hit. Huge but, but hit. What dude? What hey, dude, I wasn't in charge of this would, production. What would dude? What dude would want to be in a "You Light Up My Life"? Uh, I was like six years old, seven years old. My sister was playing the part of Olivia. Did she even sing that, or was that Debbie Gibson? "You Light Up My Life." Are you sure? Olivia Newton-John. You sure? Pal. You sure? I will bet you that that is Olivia Newton-John. If you want to die on the "You Light Up My Life" hill, that's fine because I. I won't even come by and see you. So I fun. am uh, so I have a very fond memory. We did a whole the whole neighborhood was there. What did you do? I was the the backup singer slash dancer. You do, like how do you dance to "You Light Up My Life"? I don't believe this. I don't, you know how what? You, how would you dance to "You Light Up you My Life"? You do your productions. We do our productions. How would you dance to it on Chelwood Drive? We had a "You Light Up My Life" lip sync extravaganza back when that was at peak uh, popularity. And, you know, you can't take that memory away from me. That is what we did. I would not want to take There that. was a, a, a very that. good response from the neighborhood memory. kids. You keep that memory. Not going to. You light up my life. Yep, Debbie Gibson. Interesting. But if you want to say a little bit of a new job, right. say it. That's fine. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, Ron and Don here with Mitch.loans. You can go there and get a loan and still save half a percent on the value of your loan. Mitch, interest rates have gone up and then they've gone up again. What does that mean for people buying a house? They have gone up and they're supposed to keep going up. So what it means is jump now, lock in that rate, and be happy that you did when rates get up to six, six and a half percent in a couple months here. Wow. Is that where is that where they're going? Six, six and a half. That's where they're going. That's what everyone's saying, and uh, and we believe them because the Fed's going to keep hiking rates, and we're going to keep hiking rates to go along with them. All right. So how how, how does how does a lock in work when you say lock it in? How, what, what what does that mean? So when you lock in your rate, it means that you have gotten accepted offer on a home, and at that day you get to choose your loan terms. You get a percent down, and you lock in an interest rate, which means for the life of your loan, you have that rate. It's not going to change. So even though it's 
still could be going up before you actually close on that property, you're locked in. You're locked into that. You're rate. locked in for life. Yeah. All right, let's go to Mitch.loans right now if you're thinking about buying a house. He has a special program for Ron and Don Nation listeners where you can get one half of a percent of the value of your loan. He can tell you all about those terms. Go to Mitch.loans right now. song dude you're gonna go ahead keep going and you light up my life you bring me hope no really try you should try, you should try. I, 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 it's allergy you're season you allergy try. season you're trying to be goofy about it now and you're being goofy about somebody that just passed away who i dance season. with and i don't appreciate it well, Any, anyway, I, it was not Debbie Gibson that sang that song. It was it was clearly Olivia Newton John. No, it was Debbie Boone. It was one. Of, I knew it was one of the Debbies. Go ahead, go ahead. Go Is ahead, it Debbie Boone? Yeah, it's Debbie Boone. All right, then uh, I will uh, die on that hill. <laughs> it was Debbie Boone. I, I was, in my mind, it was Olivia Newton John. You got the outline last night. It was, was was is this all you want to say about Olivia? That you remember her as is somebody else in a different song? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the cereals coming back. Uh, they're going to bring back. Is it Count Chocula? Count Dracula? They're going to bring back four of these uh, cereals. Blueberry. One is fr- called Fruit Loop or Fruit. Lo- yeah, and I don't remember the Fruit Dupe or the Fruit Loop. I don't remember that the one. Fruit Monster. Three of the four I remember. They're going to bring them back just in time for Halloween. Uh, they did this a couple of years ago, and and the cereal company mixed like four of your favorite flavors together, and they called it the Monster Mash. Uh, my son and I got that. We did not enjoy. We did. We did That's not. A lot of competing. Yeah, flavors. but it got me thinking. Like you told me one time, I remember we were in our twenties. Ron said something really cool, and I think about this, and I stopped doing it because I was just gaining a lot of weight from it. But he said every time you go to the store, you should buy something that reminds you of your childhood. And I remember we were eating these orange sherbet cups with wooden spoons. Oh, those are great. And you would point it at the wood. Do you remember this? And yeah. you pointed at the wooden spoon at the time. You said, "Hey, this reminds me of my of my childhood." And it re- if it was a bigger spoon, that would remind me of my mother hitting me with a wooden spoon. <laughs> so it reminded me of my childhood also. And as you're thinking about this, though, anything from your childhood, whether it be a food, a toy, a breakfast item, anything that you would love for them uh, to bring back right now? Well, first of all... Because nostalgia is a very, very... Nostalgia is a very big thing in America right now. It really is. It is. Like, first of all, on these cereals... I mean, I'm not a huge cereal eater anymore. I didn't know that they had gone away. I thought that Count Chocula was still alive and well, and that Booberry, like if I went into a store six months ago looking for Booberry, I I thought that I could have found it. So I didn't realize that they had even been canceled and had the option to be brought back. When you said this in the intro of something that I would be nostalgic for and bring back, it wasn't really a food item, but follow me on this and tell me if if this hits you. I would be nostalgic to bring back the Albuquerque Dukes. My big brother was a bat boy for the Albuquerque Dukes. He won an essay writing contest in the Albuquerque Journal. Uh, I believe it was in 1977 or 1978. And so he was one of two bat boys. And we used to go to the games, and especially on the games where they would do, like they would make a banana split 
that would go from home base all the way to first base and the kids could come down and you would eat banana split out of this trough basically, which is great. 25 cent hot dog night. Wow. Uh, I could go down into the dugout after the game and there was a big box of free bubble gum. Or have a so smoke with the guys. You could do some chewing tobacco as yeah. a, as a seven year old. Wow. Um, so the nostalgia of those games, because at the time, I'd never been to a major league ballpark. They have the Albuquerque Isotopes, though. They replaced the, the Dukes. How's that the same? It's not the same. The How's Dukes, not the same? man. The same uniform, it's, it's not Bats, the same. balls. The, the Dukes, it's Albuquerque. man. Albuquerque. I bet they still have the trough going from... It's probably the same trough. I bet it's the same trough no, it's, as there. Yeah. The Dukes with the... 25-cent hot dogs are now down to 19 cents. Like the creamsicle-colored uniforms, and like it was a whole thing. Yeah. So if there was a nostalgia moment, that would be for... Summer, for me, growing up, was uh, going to the Albuquerque Dukes game. Oh, love it. Yeah, for me, I think it would be all the G.I. Joes. The G.I. Joes with the Kung Fu grip. I love that. And then I also love Stretch Armstrong. And when Stretch Armstrong would beat the hell out of the G.I. Joes with Kung Fu grip. And then remember this, their heads would go flying off, their arms would go flying off, I their think legs G. would go. G.I. Joe is still around. Legs would go flying off. Not the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip, though. You're not going to find that. You're going to have to go back 76, 77. And then also I had a whirly bird that used to, it was just a helicopter that I, that I would fly. And it was, it was a, on a, it was just on a cable, and I'd fly it around and around and around and around until it ran out of batteries, and I got sick watching it go around. But I could land it on this cardboard house that was on fire, and guess who pulled up to put the fire out? G.I. Joe. Gage and DeSoto. Oh. Squad 51. So didn't you mix your toys in there? Didn't you have G.I. Joe in there with Armstrong? I had and the $6 million the, man. Your, your friends would bring in the Barbies. and then $6 million man could take out anybody in the Barbie universe oh, in well, like five seconds. Well, I don't know if I'd be proud of that but nonetheless that that's how i lear learned about sex from tommy bennett when all the clothes came off the dolls and boy did i think the wrong things for a long time about how babies were made <laughs> till like last year so thanks a lot tommy bennett anyway hey you guys thanks for stopping by the, the ron and don show we really appreciate it if you'd like to get our newsletter or you'd like to get in touch with us or you want to go house shopping with Ron, how can they do it? Yeah, email me directly, ron at ronandon.com. Let's do a sit down, uh, talk about your strategy, uh, talk about what we need to do to get you ready to get an offer accepted because there's a big difference between just looking at shiny objects and actually getting it done. Yeah, and if you're looking to invest in a property, we have an A-frame house right now. It's 3,400 square feet. It's on Woodby Island, and we've done something to it uh, that is pretty amazing, you guys. What we did is we just added the lot next door. It's a buildable lot at Perks, if you know what perking is. So we're on right now at, I believe, 125. So we're on at 125. It has an ADU downstairs, and it's incredible upstairs. And then you walk right across the dirt road, and you're at Goss Lake, and you have access to Goss Lake. So it is amazing. It was built 15 years ago. And if I was in a different place in my real estate journey, I would buy this house. And you know what I would do? I would Airbnb both doors. And then one of the doors that I would want to live in or stay in or take my family up for vacation, I would then go on my Airbnb calendar and say, you know what? We're going up to Goss Lake for a month. And I would take it off the calendar and I would go stay there. So anyway, reach out to me, Don at ronanddon.com. If you want to go see it, uh, it's an amazing investment opportunity and again, uh, just look up Goss Lake, and uh, it, 
I, I love this home. We also have a great home that we've done a lot of work on in Des Moines. And the thing about this house, if you're looking for an investment property and you want to own a rental, this would be perfect. It's also right near the Puget Sound, you guys. It's in a great, great neighborhood. I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to love the work that we did. And then also, by the time that you're hearing this, by the time you're hearing this, I think it's it's safe to say that uh, we have a house coming on near Green Lake as well. So anyway, if you're looking to buy or sell or you're looking for us to help you on your real estate journey, just go to ronadonsitdown.com. We can sit down today. In fact, we're sitting down with one of my firefighter friends tomorrow, and uh, we're going to start figuring out uh, what she wants to do, where she wants to live and uh, where the next chapter of her life is going to take her. So we love working with first responders, you guys, firefighters and police officers, because they use have lights on their cars, and it means that we can get uh, and go see these homes quicker. <laughs> anyway, hey, you guys, love Debbie Boone. I love the remembrance of her today. Uh, and anyway, Olivia, seriously, we will miss you. One of the greatest class acts and didn't make fun of my dancing. So I was very appreciative to that. Anyway, you guys, episode 436 will be here before you know it. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time right here. It's the Ron and Don Show. All right! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.